0: There have been family tragedies for a lot of these women and some of them haven't been able to come home. Some of them had fears about becoming the focus of police attention. Does a Louis Vuitton handbag replace that sense of, of you know, being able to come home freely and, and without consequence? They can live a life of luxury, but there's also huge consequences to choosing to be with somebody that's a gangline criminal.
1: I'm Nicola Tallent and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. They are the wives and girlfriends of the first family of crime who've lived a millionaire lifestyle on the back of the Kinehan's billion dollar drug business. But what next for the wags of gangland? as the carefully constructed money machine behind the Kinnahan organised crime group crumbles under the weight of US sanctions. Today, I'm talking with Sunday World Deputy Editor Niall Donald about the women behind the men of gangland and what the future may hold for them now the tables have turned. This is Crime World, a podcast from Sunday World the women of gangland have long been fascinating for many. Anytime we sort of do anything up, there's a lot of interest in it, isn't there? Yeah, of course. I mean,
0: this is the, the, there always has been. And again, like if you look at the, the Sopranos or Goodfellas, you know, the women... Are always a key part of the story, you know. Um, it's not just the the crimes, but the the family life and how that that plays out as well is always of, of massive interest, you know. And um, behind every great man is 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 yes, exactly. Um, and of course, the conspicuous consumption as well is always is a fascination for people, you know.
1: So this fall of the Kinahan Empire, which is you know. Let's say it hasn't fallen, it's falling and it's unravelling at a very speedy pace. Um, we're going to come to that. But we just have a quick look at the women and where they're at. And we reported at the weekend that it's expected that they will be home probably first.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, the the, the people that are, are married to you know the senior figures in the kenan cartel are not act, regarded as being active participants in organized crime that's to make that clear straight off mm. however there's no doubt that that um you know that they are are living a different lifestyle than than the average person and you know we see now that the 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 the, the network what looked like a safe network in in the middle east is being um in the Gulf states, have been really rocked now, mm. and they're expected to come home as you know they, 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 the the keen, the senior figures in the Kinnian cartel go through a like a per- period of turmoil. I mean, you hear all sorts of stuff. They're going to go here. They're going to go there. There was a, certainly was a big rumor they're going to Afghanistan, which mm. you know they might nearly be better off coming back and facing the special criminal court than going to Afghanistan. But there's they're clearly you know, and all we hear is that they're trying to now look at ways to, to to hold on to as much money as they can, maybe have to get out of of, of Dubai. But, you know, as a part of that, their, their family and the people connected with them are likely to return to Dublin where they won't, clearly won't face any criminal charges.
1: So, um, yeah, the United Arab Emirates dream appears to be over for them, although they're not moving very quickly. And again, we'll come to Sean McGovern in a while, but let's just have a look at who is out there and who has been, who are these women? Um, at the sides of the top tier of the Kinnaghan Mafia. Uh, Christy Kinahan Sr. has had a series of relationships over his time and we don't really know much about his current partner other than she was Belgian and she moved with him from Spain.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously uh, Christy Kinnahan Sr. was was at one point married to, to Daniel and Christopher Jr.'s mother. That relationship broke down, you know, decades ago um, and he... Christy senior is in a new relationship we've heard details about her um, but he seems to have also had uh, further family mm-hmm. while over there um, so she she remains a mystery
1: uh yeah she's she's he's more private really than the rest of them i mean there was a story some years ago about a woman he was in a relationship with uh could have been married to her. She was based in the UK, but she went on to marry some convicted murderer. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. A notorious uh, sort of, uh, not a gangland killer, just a notorious killer. And she was originally from from uh, the Netherlands and he seems to have been convicted there. So that was, and yeah, she she appeared on social media and yeah, uh, uh, all that stuff. She was
1: sort of outed at one point after 2016 when a lot of concentration came on them. But yeah, uh, their relationship, again, was long over and there was no children from that. But he does appear to have a number of children in Dublin, apart from Daniel and and Christopher Jr. We know of them, but we won't be in any way identifying them. Um, they have no involvement in organised crime and they had no choice about their father or whatever. So we'll leave that at that. But nonetheless, he's out there. He's been living a, a very luxury lifestyle That woman that he's in the relationship with, they did have small children when they were living in Spain around, certainly after, between 2012 and 2014. He was actually seen at the pool in his luxury villa in Estepona in Terebermaja. And he was, it was just actually before he was due to go back to prison in Belgium. So he must have been quite stressed out at the time. But I do recall... um, an eyewitness reporting that they had seen him in the pool playing with the children and he was really het up. He was on and off the phone and he got into the pool with the kids and he sort of was playing with them and ducking them. And at one point there was this sort of collective gasp of breath around the pool because he ducked one of the children just a little bit too long Um, and maybe that was just a sign of, you know, his stress levels, no matter how much money you have or where you're at in life, sometimes stress can overcome you. But that's him. And I mean, next on the uh on the list of sanctions really is his son Daniel Kinahan, and we do know quite a bit about his relationships.
0: Yes, I mean of course like uh, one of the big events in, in, in the, the, the story of the Kinahans is is Daniel's wedding um to uh Quiva Robinson in Dubai in two thousand and seventeen. Um you know, Cueva Robinson had been in 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 the Sunday World, in fact, previously, um, because her previous uh, partner, um, um, Michael Mika Kelly, had been shot dead. And um, Mika Kelly was, you know, he was also known as the Panda uh, un, under the pseudonym the Panda. He was one of the top tier of drug traffickers in in Dublin, and um, he would have been a contemporary of Daniel Kinahan was clearly operating uh, his own kind of network and um, he but he was shot dead by the real IRA um, he had been under pressure i think to pay protection money had by all accounts refused to do so um he was living with a uh, Queeva Robinson at the time in in North Dublin they just had a, a young child and he'd been left her home and was shot dead um you know obviously the the the, the person believed to have carried out the the murder was um, uh, Vinnie Ryan, a brother of Alan Ryan, um, uh, who was subsequently uh, murdered himself in a gangland hit. So Quiver Robinson, you know... She has a type, Niall. She has a type, yeah, which is, yeah. you know, seems to be rich drug dealers. But obviously then what happened was... You Know she, she obviously, you know, Mika Kelly had lived over in Spain for periods of time between Dublin and Spain and had gotten to know, had been a contemporary of the Kinahans and, and and of Fratric. She'd Freddie obviously Thompson. met
1: Daniel in, her time obviously, over in Spain, yeah. They he'd
0: certainly moved between there, Mika Kelly between Spain and, and the UK, but she'd obviously got to know him um, and struck up a relationship. Um, they. Then there was, people were talking about it. They were due, you know, there was rumours going around. They were due to get married. Um, obviously, they did get married in, in, in 2017. Um, it was actually reported first by a Dubai uh, uh, website. Love in Dubai, wasn't it? Love in Dubai, who then subsequently had to apologise, uh, mm. if you remember correctly. for. But for do, if
1: you remember, when they were, at the time, kind of in a relationship, was pre 2016. So it was just before the Regency from memory. And the rumours were he was in and out, Daniel Kinahan at the time, into Dublin. And he was running MGM, the boxing club from Marbella. They were planning all sorts of kind of um, you know, boxing extravaganzas here in Dublin. And he was in and out because we photographed him a lot in and out of of, Dublin, and indeed quite a lot over in City West Hotel, where he liked having lunch in one of the restaurants. And there was a number of kind of boxing weigh ins held over there. But he was, the the talk was that when he was home, he would be staying with Kiva Robinson. And I do recall we wrote a bit of a story saying that, you know, Daniel Kinahan was in a new relationship. Because, of course, he had a number of children in Spain, had been through two relationships that I know of in Spain long term. and appears to be still in good stead with the ex-partners and with the children, but he was in this new relation. It was interesting because Kiva Robinson was a gangland widow essentially. But we wrote the story, and the next thing, a complaint came in. Do you remember this?
0: I do, of course. Um, there was, there was, there was certainly the, there was a complaint to say that it was untrue, and you know, it wasn't uh, based on any any facts, but. What really happened then was that, that you know, in 2017, um, they did end up getting married. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's
1: no denying it then. If no, you, if there's no de- the and the there- reason
0: there's no denying it, of course, is that it was being monitored by the Drug Enforcement Agency of the US. Mm-hmm. And this was a, a really has become a real key part of the whole mm-hmm. what was going on in the Middle East. Um, obviously, Daniel had a... Massive, massive wedding, by all accounts, in uh, a seven-star hotel, absolutely huge amounts of money spent. Um, it became a kind of a, a summit for all of Europeans super cartel leaders. Um, there was guys from the UK, um, some of them we, na- we can name, some of can't, but obviously Johnny Marcy, the one that's that's been sanctioned recently, but we also had and Taji from the Netherlands. And... Um, uh, Richard uh, Elrico, who did who Chilean, as he was called, who was also associated with the Morocco Mafia in, in the Netherlands, and Raphael Imperiale, the uh, Camorra Mafia godfather from Italy. Mm. So they all came together for this wedding. Obviously, I think at that stage, uh, Daniel thought you know, we're over in the Middle East, nobody is uh, capable of keeping that, but what did appear... Ultimately, was that um, they were being monitored, and particularly a guy called Ed Eden Gasanin, who was a, a, a Serbian mobster who was very much at the head of the, the, the super cartel. He, he was particularly being monitored, I think, by the Drug Enforcement Agency, who who ultimately reported all of this information, and that's become a key part of that the the. the, the establishing the ties between these people, that they were all at this wedding and mm-hmm. and, and, and
1: so... Well, Kiva Robinson moved lock, stock and barrel from Dublin out to the United Arab Emirates to be with him. And then they had this, you know, wedding and they've been living in incredible luxury ever since. Um, from the sanctions, we know, and I had heard before, that there was a villa in the Palm Jumeirah, which is that, you know, man-made sort of... Uh, yeah, I think it's fair to say it's the the most expensive
0: piece of real estate in the world. I think there was stories in the paper this week of absolutely nothing to do with the kin- the Kinnan cartel, but about the richest, uh, the most expensive ever property sold in the world. I think so. It's literally the the you know obviously Dubai is a, a source. The epitome of, of wealth. Is the, if
1: you live there, if you have an address there, but you
0: know she may be returning home be to Dublin nonetheless, and um, you know that's 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 the reality is of course that that um she had a family bereavement during the year she, you know although these people these gangsters malls or you know gangland wags whatever you want to whatever they're referred to as they can live luxury they can a life of luxury but there's also huge consequences to the, to the life of of choosing to be with somebody that's a gangland criminal mm. and that and with that comes uh, the fact that 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 this woman is going to be separated from her family it's going to be the focus of media attention that's that's part of what she signed up for i mean daniel Kinnan was one of the most notorious people in in ireland when she married him and um, you know she's not going to have the capacity to fly in and out f- to to see her family mm. and you know presumably um as living with her living with the anxiety of not knowing what's going to well, although What's she might happen uh, next week, no, yeah. and has endless wealth today, that may all be gone tomorrow. By all accounts, she's a um, I have spoken to people who said she's a very you know nice and you know decent person to, to deal with, but you know, um,
1: she th- might have the greatest choice in men, maybe. No, 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 yeah, you know, and there's many more like her, I can tell you, yeah, but um. Interestingly, the wedding and the idea that that wedding was not just a lavish family affair, very kind of mafiosa style, godfather style. The Kinnahans before have used a wedding as a crime summit. And that's when Christopher Jr. married his childhood sweetheart, Georgina Carish, in um, a hotel in Dublin in 2007. And that wedding was also under surveillance at the time, and... Um, at the time it was under surveillance because of what would become operation shovel the first attempt to bring down the kinahan mafia in 2010 led by the spanish but that wedding was was uh, photographed and and uh, there was certainly financial transactions investigated etc at it christopher junior who is a lesser light in the whole thing from personality point of view really he seems to be a quieter type of a chap he married Georgina Carish, they moved out to Spain. They lived up in Benahavís, a beautiful mountaintop retreat overlooking the coast. They had a very luxury lifestyle. And for a period of time when not everybody was, they were playing out that lifestyle on social media. They had Facebook pages. They were often showing off parties that they had and days on the beach. These um, champagne parties that are held down along the Puerto area and Marbella, would, they would often attend that the women, um, Georgina and her various associates of hers from Dublin would come over and they'd be photographed on the beach and designer swimwear and they seemed to have days out on yachts. It looked like the dream. But that relationship did come to an end and she's long been back in Dublin and is cut off from them. Um, my information is that Christopher Jr., despite his father being this globe-trotting um mid-Atlantic, you know, very sophisticated businessman that Junior, despite all the world he's traveled, never could find anybody other than from back home. And that in recent years, there was a very young girl from around the Dublin 8 area who moved out to spend time with him. If she's still there or not, I'm not 100 percent sure. But um, the the word was, if she is, the likelihood is that she'll be on her way back as well. Um, Sean McGovern wanted for murder here in this country, um, and who migrated to the United Arab Emirates in the immediate aftermath of Noel Duckegg Kerwin's murder in December of 2016. He's had a long-term relationship with a woman called Anita Freeman, and they have a number of children, probably grown to their teens now at this stage. Um, But Anita Freeman is an interesting character. She has been hanging around that Crumlin mob since the days of the Crumlin-Drymna the feud. In fact, I think she witnessed a significant event around Abracababra.
0: Declan Gavin was was stabbed to death by Brian Rattigan outside the and um, Brian Rattigan was ultimately uh, convicted of manslaughter for that killing. But Anita Freeman, yeah, she she grew up even back in the, if you remember the, the, the Bebo, the threat days, which is, you know, I don't remember those. I wasn't able to use a computer back then. No, but she was, her name was being put out there at that stage. So she, she and and Sean McGovern grew up as really as associates of of Liam Byrne. um, And ultimately Bomber Kavanaugh. And ultimately Bomber Kavanaugh. And that's what, that was how he... Uh, how Sean McGovern's entry into the world of organized crime, but he's um, seems to have he's moved on now and has, has become Daniel Kinnahan's right hand man. Um, but Sean McGovern and Anita Freeman were living uh, in a relatively modest home in 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 the Crumlin area, just down the road from Lean Burn. Um, the house from the outside was, you know, relatively unremarkable. But ultimately, it would be seized by CAB who's, who showed that, I mean, whatever the, the, the cost of the, the property, they spent an equal amount doing it up in the most luxurious manner possible. Um, it was also a feature, the CAB case, that it was the house, uh, in order to disguise the ownership, had been bought by uh, a fund in Mauritius, a uh, very complicated uh, financial structure in order to allow to, to uh, the, the house to be... Uh, beneficially owned by Sean McGovern um, but so that 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 was part of the first wave the, the cab operation to take those assets off the burn organized crime group and their home was gone mm. so I mean it's it's it remains
1: it, boarded up it remains um, boarded up and 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 up for sale so and before actually the keys were handed over because that was a settlement they didn't actually fight the cab case they initially looked for free legal aid and didn't get it members of the named respondents on that case and they didn't get the free legal aid and then they settled and they basically handed it over but before they did um, somebody ripped the kitchen out of it and ripped everything from it. I think even the toilet was taken from the the bathroom. Um, a real sign of contempt, really, for the for the law.
0: Yeah, which has has happened before in, in in houses seized by cab. But Anita Freeman. Um you know, has has reappeared in Dublin periodically, um, but Sean McGovern obviously will be arrested if he if he sets foot anywhere in the European Union.
1: I mean, they're really in the most precarious situation of all. Whereas the the Kinnahan father and sons and the other associates that are have been listed with them in the U.S. sanctions are under threat, and probably businesses and all is collapsing all around them. McGovern is in more immediate need to either move or to hide out in the Emirates because he is wanted here for murder. And that uh, arrest warrant has been issued and the United Arab Emirates authorities are aware of his, that he's wanted. I'm personally quite surprised that he's not home already.
0: No, because, I mean, the the, the Dubai officials have, you know, in theory, when there's, there's, Actual arrest warrants and 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 you know in order to get an arrest there's there's charges brought, and um, that that they have extradited people back to Europe, but you know again, you know and know though things have changed in the last couple of weeks, but the the organisation had embedded themselves into in in the society in the United Arab Emirates that the criminal contemporaries haven't been able to do, and you know. While who knows what the future will hold, it does seem to have slowed down the, the the normal processes. Where you know these these people, Daniel and presumably McGovern, they're they're linked in with people of of influence in 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 society in Dubai.
1: Well, while the United Arab Emirates have frozen assets, they say um, linked to the Kinahan organisation. Um, you know, it will be a sign of their commitment to this process, whether or not McGovern is is shipped home fairly quickly because everybody there knows where he is. It's not a question that his his whereabouts have been secret. He's been working quite openly with Daniel Kinnahan, and his wife and family have been living there quite openly. So, um, you know, unless he's done a magic disappearing act, he's in the country and the Emirates authorities are aware that he's wanted for murder, so... And know where he is. And of course, interestingly enough, you know,
0: maybe showing how how the people at that top of that criminal organization feel about Dubai and their, their safety there, it is that Liam Byrne has now appeared in Dubai after, after leaving the UK. I th- by all accounts, believing him is about to become the focus of police operations in the UK. So he's landing in Dubai to help. Yeah, in the middle of all this. So, so they... Not obviously the best timing. Not the best timing, but also maybe shows that they don't have that fear. They think they're safer in Dubai than than in other places. Mm. And, and time will tell if that's true or not, if we do see extradition warrants starting to come.
1: So what about Anita Freeman? What does she do? I mean, she's coming from... Years, I mean, she's probably over in Dubai five years now and I'm sure the family have settled and, you know, you have a school going age, kids and that kind of thing. It's a big upheaval for them. But at the same time, I think a lot of these women that do have to migrate with their men because of their ties to organised crime, they must miss home. I mean, in the end of the day, um, home is home. Yeah, home is home. And nearly all of those
0: people that are at the top of that organization have young kids, mm. school-going kids, and, and you know, it, their ability then to, to, to come back, and um, there have been family tragedies for a lot of these women, and some of them haven't been able to come home, some of them haven't wanted the attention, maybe, of coming home, had fears about, you know, maybe becoming the focus of police attention. So you have to wonder, is it worth it, you know, when you have you know, is a, does a Louis Vuitton handbag replace that sense of, of you know, being able to exist and come home freely and, mm. and without consequence?
1: And surrounded with your family and all the rest of it. I mean, sure, the heat in the Arab, Arab Emirates would kill me <laughs> altogether.
0: But you know, it's funny that these, 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 um, some of these women have, you know, they're, they're, you know, approaching. Maybe 40 years old or whatever, maybe in their 30s. Um, Simone McEnroe as well from Lean Burns. Uh, Some of them are pushing 50. <laughs> Some of them are. But the, <laughs> um, but the point is that, uh, you know, not to age uh, age discriminate against anybody, but these people have lived in that world for decades. Mm. You know, if you're talking about Lean Burn, um, you know, he was involved in that crumland Drimna feud, which started in the very 2001. So that's 20 years ago. These women have been associated with people that have had threats against their life, that have the threat of police detection, that have had, you know, graffiti, social media campaigns long before this wave of it. And they have existed in that for two
1: decades. It's like
0: being a war widow, really,
1: in a way, you know. But ultimately, they come home and they have... Some of them have been already named as part of Criminal Assets Bureau cases. They come home and they cannot show any wealth. So what do they do? Go on the housing list? Well, exactly. Else?
0: I mean, this is the problem for people that, that, that hit Back this. on social welfare? Well, exactly. I mean, this is what, what somebody said to me once, you know, what's what's he gonna do? Like this he was talking about a gangster getting out of prison, get a job at McDonald's. I mean, this is like our, you know, it's a it's a big come down. Do you know what I mean? Mm.
1: It's, it's a, a, big it's a really down. heavy fall yeah. considering the, the levels of wealth. I mean, this isn't just money coming in at Christmas and getting, you know, 10 grand in your pocket to go on a holiday. This is being an absolute millionaire.
0: Yes. And it's it's like a sort of a type of, yeah, it's like being a celebrity in a mm-hmm. sense. And you see the some of the children over there in, in the Dubai, in Dubai as yes, they're in school, they're in. You know, private schools paying huge amounts of money. There, 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 really is no limit to what they can spend. But you know, the days of it, uh, the days of them uh, buying holiday homes around the place and retiring, it's just not going to happen for them.
1: In Ipswich Crown Court last month, when uh, Thomas bomber Cavanagh, Gary Vickery, and Daniel Kinning, Canning were being sentenced in relation to the massive NCA case against them for drug dealing and uh, money laundering. The In the body of the court were Nicola Connor, the wife of Gary Vickery, and of course Joanne Byrne, who is Thomas bomber Kavanaugh's wife and also the sister of David Byrne, murdered in the Regency Hotel. Um, they were still standing by their men and it did occur to me as the evidence, the massive tome of evidence was being read into the court against them. They had always been told that their husbands made their fortune from the secondhand car industry. And on the face of it, we have to accept that that's what they believe, because we had have no definitive evidence otherwise. But it just occurred to me as they were sitting in court listening to, um, you know, the evidence that if they ever really did believe that they couldn't have then. And yet they're still standing by their men and their I mean, they were both pretty glamorous, I have to say, very well turned out, very respectful to the court. Um but they I just was looking at them thinking they have lost so much. they've lost
0: so much and you know the, the it's 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 a it's a funny life to live, you know um where where you know there's this huge amount of money coming in and it obviously certainly with Thomas Bob McCcavana lived in the most incredible houses as you would know, and you know they lived a, a life a massively luxurious lifestyle. But it does come at a cost. All of these things, and they're 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 feeling the cost now. I would imagine.
1: And let me tell you a little bit about those lifestyles, because Joanne Byrne, indeed, I did see her house in Tamworth, standing magnificently in its own grounds. We went out there around twenty fifteen, investigating Bomber Cavanaugh. We spot, saw them with their matching his and hers Range Rovers. We saw the staff arriving to the house. We know all about the holidays to Mexico, about the beautiful villa. That they have in Mallorca where they spent the month of August every year surrounded with family. We know about the trips to Las Vegas, all expenses paid, the shopping. I saw the photographs in those NCA files of the the collections of designer handbags belonging to Joanne, stuffed with wads of cash, each and every one of them. Um, there's the shopping, you know, anything money can buy they had Nicola Connor. Uh, and Gary Vickery by the way had no previous convictions before this so we don't know much about his background but we do know that she was living with him in a property in in England um and that he began working with bomber sometime around 2016 or possibly before that and the money started flooding in in this, in the November of 2016 just months after um the Regency and and the murder of uh, David Byrne, the crew bomber Kavanaugh at the head of it were out celebrating in New York because they'd got their first shipment in in this new kind of operation to bring drugs in and machinery and cash back out to pay for it. Um, James Jaws Byrne was there, the father of David Byrne, as was Declan Brady and others, but Gary Vickery texted his wife uh, from that night out saying, ha ha, this is all worth the money. In recent times, they moved to Lanzarote, where he was when he was arrested. He had pleaded guilty to these charges, but because of COVID and various other incidentals, he had remained at large. But when he was arrested, they've been living in this luxury villa in Lanzarote with a swimming pool, again, a BMW X5 and a Range Rover. Um, They have, she had listed a, a property rental business. They were photographed and on their social media were advertising a number of boats for rental, including a quantum sun seeker, the boat used in um, the James Bond movies. And there's pictures of them enjoying days out on this around the beautiful seas of Lanzarote. It's some lifestyle. It is just yeah. I mean, it's probably the dream that none of us will ever get to. If I do, I'll be, um, you know, I'll be. You'll
0: have collected your five million from the, <laughs> And collected your
1: five million from the FBI. Well, I might collect my five million and go off and do that. I get bored, though. I have to say, I I don't know. It just.
0: I think it's a funny thing, it right? It totally
1: attract me. I talk about it like it's amazing and all the rest of it, but the idea of having nothing to do all day, but. You know, I think spend I think money, I, just doesn't do it for me. I think as you get as well as you as you
0: get older, like you know, there's a certain time when that when kind of no, when one right. when right. one gets older, and um, that you know, there's a certain time in people in their twenties and they get sucked into this yeah. where where it seems like, you know, to have a you know designer clothes are important, yeah. but I think the problem for some of these people that get involved in gangland crime that that's less as you get as you have kids as you see them grow as you you know you want them to have a security as they get into their teenage years and all the value of all that conspicuous consumption and lifestyle i think it gets less and you know and i'm not talking about these women in particular but it's a funny thing you said there's always great interest in the gangland wags but sometimes they're the most aggressive in terms of the, uh, in, in terms of the coverage. You know, yeah. seem the most upset by it and the most uh, distressed even by it. Not not even about it when they're being named, but about the husbands. Mm. And you know, I think there's there's a kind of a denial thing that goes on where, you know, the some of the people that are married to people that are appearing in newspapers described described as criminals, they believe that that. Maybe, you know, the world doesn't know what's going on mm. and it's all going to be OK. And they're worried about what the neighbors make. They're think. They're worried about what the neighbors think. And there's a but there's denial that, 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 you know, there's justifications, there's denials about, you know, the source of this wealth, even when, you know, certainly in terms of Thomas Bommer Kavanagh, for example, that he had previous convictions for drug dealing even before he left Ireland w- way back when. It's a funny thing, but uh, you know, yeah, it's I think it's uh, I think sometimes people get sucked into that life, but I don't know if the the compensations of that as as one
1: gets older remain as one, thank you for that um yeah, and I mean, I think overall, you know looking looking at gangland, the underworld, whatever we call it in general, women have their place by and large, and that place is on the arm of a man, and it's quite an old fashioned world, it's where you know the women are sort of, you know, they're in tears because mostly a lot of the men, and I'm obviously not saying every single one of them, but a lot of them, it is that sort of high testosterone world, that alpha male. They do have other women. They have mistresses. We've seen it over the years, numerous times. They'll have the mistresses pitched up in various properties. And the wife, the number one, uh, will have to just suck that up. Yeah, it's not not woke gangland, is it? (laughs) I don't think... uh,
0: you know, no, it actually needs to modernize itself and women me, need to get up and... Me too.
1: ...fight me for too their gang. rights.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, it's definitely, it's a world of, uh, you know, where machismo or whatever you want to call it, you know, that that like that's a necessary feature to be a gangland criminal. I mean, you have to be You somebody, can't be kicked
1: around by the wife. You can't be, well,
0: <laughs> you can't, you have to be somebody... See, this is the funny thing, you know, these guys are violent people and sometimes... People think, well, in their private life they can be totally different, but you know, I don't know if people can really separate themselves that way. So there has to be some of that that uh, that aggressiveness, and I don't mean in terms of domestic violence, but this is general aggressiveness, and mm. uh, that 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 plays out in personal relationships as well. That said, some of these guys can be really loving and devoted fathers, and partners in their own way Mm. so it's a funny world and that's you know like i always remember watching the sopranos and seeing that playing out with 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 tony you know it's it's it is a it's there was a truth there you know about how how people
1: can try and be one way but it does seep into the personal relationships there's no doubts bring it back all the way down the levels because what we're talking about here is the absolute top tier of organised crime globally but bringing it back down to sort of street level and we do know, know a good bit about the sort of the communities where a lot of drug dealers are coming from are very underprivileged communities they have been by and large you know forgotten for a long time people don't have the same choices um, advantages uh, and you know are they certainly feel they don't and back at that level there is a sense sometimes that for the woman, bagging a drug dealer is a future. Well, there's a
0: sort of social capital, I suppose, is what, is what you, you call it, you know what I mean? So, like, I mean, drug drug dealing and criminality exists because young men, you know, in, want to make a mark on the world. And, you know, sometimes when people come from really difficult circumstances, that's the only way... They perceive it mm-hmm. that they can make a mark in the world, you know, or improve their circumstances. Improve their circumstances, and also, you know, be somebody of note. You know, um, you know. There's obviously the other routes you see through. Er- people in disadvantaged areas like sports and stuff like that. Some people grab yeah. onto that, but you know, it's it. Look, it. There's no no surprise that 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 people with other possibilities and other advantages, both m- women and men you know come from other circumstances where they have opportunities they don't end up in drug dealing and they don't end up in the arms of a drug dealer either but like you know that that's why criminality is a way out for women as well mm. and that's always been a factor so it's it's
1: and the likes of these designer goods you know these Louis Vuitton bags or whatever it is that rocks your world they're nearly sort of like becoming a cultural thing within the drugs world having that showing that off and Possessing it, I mean, you know, lots of people are quite happy to have a faker baker one. No, but there is that kind of sense of the man bought this for the woman, and that the woman is this sort of princess that the man is going to shower with these really expensive gifts, and you see that they'll show it off on, on their their social media accounts, and there's a pride with that that they're worth this that that. These guys that they're yeah, with, yeah,
0: and you know, you have to remember some of these people, and I'm again not talking about these in particular. They're people in vulnerable people, mm. um, and you know, vulnerable women, maybe, you know, who get who who are, are you know subject to the,
1: to to being flattered by these types of things, um, but you know, but feel- that can become an ambition to for a man to buy you that particular thing yeah item but it must come from so a desire.
0: yeah but it must come from a kind of personal vulnerability that that you know to, yeah. f- to believe that that would kind of fulfill but to something believe that
1: that's your worth exactly, really isn't it exactly
0: exactly and it's sad then you know you see like we've all come across people that got you know women that have Come through the papers in various ways and got sucked into those sort of things, and again, it's it's very hard to to, mm. to come out. And it is, look, let's let's make no bones about it. You know, they're some they're they're not ordering murders and selling drugs. Some of them are clearly living off the proceeds of immoral acts, though nonetheless. Mm.
1: But it's it's a kind of a cruel world for women, I think, in a way, and women. Have their place, and they can also be cast aside very easily because there's always younger women coming up. I suppose that's life in general, can it be? I suppose so. you know? not to get too philosophical on crime world. <laughs> anyway, yeah, and are uh, depressed. Yeah, her. yeah. No, let's let's move on from that. But I do think that um, you know they do they do suck up a lot women, and of course there's a lot of violence. There's a,
0: yes, there's a lot of violence and violence is, again, it's, as I said before, it's, it's a, it's a tap that it's hard to, if you're living like that in the streets, it's hard to turn it off in the home.
1: Mm. So back up to the top of this world, having come from the bottom there from the streets, but Nicola Morrissey, the wife of enforcer Johnny Morrissey, she is no longer in the, certainly the palatial home in Spain, which has been, um, listed as as their address, that she has certainly been very quick to show videos of dinner parties and, you know, other pool parties and even kids parties, very expensive kids parties. In she has gone to ground um, and she's another, I suppose, wife of a a, a gangland enforcer. um, And that's a big, heavy job in any gang. Um, It's not everybody's cup of tea, but Nicola Morrissey is way younger and way prettier than the aforementioned Johnny Morrissey. You know, they married in a very lavish ceremony in their native Scotland. She is very, somebody who's very um, well-groomed and she shows up at all the social events in Spain and beyond. She was back in her native Scotland having the Nero vodka company that she's the CEO of, which has now been sanctioned. She was sponsoring a football um team there, and very proudly doing a video for them. as in regard to that sponsorship, she must have felt pretty powerful as the CEO of Nira vodka for a long time.
0: No doubt, but I'd say that sense of power was, you know, absolutely shattered the moment she became actually, you know, referred to and entangled in those sanctions and mentioned by the yeah. the u s. Department of Treasury. I mean, like she was said as being the the front person for a, basically a money laundering operation for a, a drugs cartel. I'd say that was the shock of her life. You know, and um, you know to be to be going from having a public profile as being a you know a, a, a normal successful businesswoman really to all of a sudden being named in the. Uh, directly by the, the, the US Treasury, it must be an incredible uh, shock to the system, you know.
1: I spoke to a woman last week, a Marbella media tycoon called Michelle Usden. She's originally from Rochdale and she admitted to me that she knew of Johnny Morrissey and his reputation before she decided to help Nicola market her Nero vodka. So she said that they had meetings that she introduced her to the store, El Corte Glaze, that she sort of set her on a, a marketing plan with the drink. She was obviously coming to market with a an unknown vodka from an unknown uh, uh, producer, and she very quickly picked up an enormous amount of publicity and got that drink available. I actually walked through an airport recently, and it was on the shelves, and I think uh, we have a story there in the Sunday World to show that it's actually uh, still for sale in the El glaze, which is, is bizarre. You'd imagine they would have taken it off their shelves. But Euston, who owns the Euro News newspaper, and she, she chatted to me. Uh, she said that she never got paid from them and that she hasn't seen them since the sanctions. But that she said Nicola was just a, a very nice lady and a businesswoman who wanted to get on in life
0: yeah pr- presumably she is a very nice lady but this is the, this is the risk that people take um because for evermore now when her name is googled it'll come up next to sanctioned by the by the, the US government um and you know i don't know what way there is back for people then and this is the risks people take you know they can Maybe turn a blind eye to this and that and, you know, maybe get a sense something is going on, but I want to know too much about it. But certainly in her case, uh, you know, it's it's come home to roost.
1: So it'll be interesting to see if she returns to her native Scotland. I think she's been very much embedded in Marbella society and has... Rared her child there anyway. So she more than likely will probably stay on the Costa. um, And maybe she's just dusting herself down at the moment and uh, wondering what next for the potato-based alcohol that has uh, made her fortune for the last couple of years. But um, finally, when it comes to these women, I do think we have to talk about who I would recognise as being the Queen Bee. Um, There's very few of the women who can make it to the very top inner circles almost independently of a man. And Sandra Vaughan has done that. Yeah, I mean Sandra Vaughan
0: um Scottish. Scottish and um, you know, she became very much the public face of of as after the Regency really as as um MTK started to come under the focus due to due to the publicity of the Regency Hotel, she became the face of of, of MTK Global she led um, if you remember uh, she was the face of the boycott of the irish media mm. it was a, i think it was called fair news mm. you know where she she Launched this public boycott to say that uh, MTK had nothing to do with Daniel Kinnahan, and she'd bought it up, and they were being slandered and misrepresented in the Irish media, and she boycotted the, the media. So she she became the CEO of 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 MTK Global after Daniel uh, Kinnahan stepped away. Or uh, you know, she it was-
1: bought it from him. She said in two thousand and seventeen, and she was a wealthy woman in her own right because before any of this, she was she had set up Fake Bake which was the sort of the original fake tan and made a lot of money out of that. Um, now, she had certainly got some um, connections with the Kinnahans before she she bought MTK Global. She didn't come out of nowhere. She was somebody who was previously in a relationship with a guy called Kevin Kelly. And Kevin Kelly was a Scottish criminal who was rescued by the Spanish police in the middle of a torture operation. He was actually videoed by the Guardia Seville, tied to a bed surrounded with baseball bats. I think that might have been around 2012 in Spain. And that story made headline news. Now, she had separated from him at that stage, but she had been with him for some years and he was very much embedded in organised crime.
0: Yeah, and um, she, she had become involved with the, the boxing gym at an early... Uh, a nerdy point uh, in Marbella, and had ultimately uh, married uh, uh, the boxing trainer uh, Danny Vaughan, mm. um who who had been a boxer and had become one of the coaches. Um, so she became the the public face of MTK Global, s- saying you know Daniel nothing to do with it. Then it kind of got kept getting murkier and murkier because that. Because boxers would keep, MDK boxers would keep describing Daniel as their manager. She came back with clarifications well, he manages fighters, but he's nothing to do with the company, you know, and it went. on and on, um, but she was also mentioned in um, what came out this weekend from the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists. Did a big long piece uh, about the the and Dubai, where they had a lot. They'd received a lot of documents that had been leaked to them, and you know it it, it focuses on on Sandra Vaughan, and um, you know it's describing how. Um, she uh, reportedly stepped, even though she was, she was reportedly had stepped down as the chief executive of the company of MTK Gobel in 2020 and sold the business. But these leaked documents and other records show undisclosed connections between uh, Sandra Vaughan, MTK Gobel, and Daniel Kinahan. And they showed that um, Sandra Vaughan acted as a managing director of Dukashu Consultancy, mm-hmm. Um She had granted the power of attorney to a British woman to represent her in all her business dealings and um, this woman acted as a shareholder in Dukashu Consultancy which is owned by the Kinahans and was among one of the businesses sanctioned by the
1: US authorities. She even on her LinkedIn page states her position as being as director of that company.
0: Yeah, so that's, I mean, that that was one of the, the small number of companies that the US literally sanctioned and, you know, it just shows that deeply embedded with Daniel Kinnahan she remained, even while publicly, uh, in fairness, maybe not saying she had nothing to do with him, but, you know, the, the, how in deeply entwined they were.
1: Now, she, interesting, just as, as an aside, the reason I see her as being so interesting is that if you look at Daniel Kinnahan as an individual, he's surrounded by men, and there is only really that one woman There, uh, anywhere near any of his business interests or his boxing interests or something, she does stand out from that point of view. Um, A very glamorous blonde lady who, um, you know, is again very well groomed whenever she comes on videos and she was photographed, I think, at the same time as Daniel was in a catastrophic um, error by a Pakistani minister when he was to meet the Probellum Boxing Company and he accidentally tweeted with photographs of both Daniel and Sandra Vaughan that he was delighted to have meet, met Probellum and was looking forward to welcoming them into Pakistan. Um, now, just going back to the business interests there, that international consortium of uh, journalists' report, which was released um, also show... That a UAE government official named Khalid Al Jazmi acted as the local partner for Dukashu and MTK Global. We remember him popping up on the MTK Global website in full Arab clothing. I think he had a background as a policeman. Um, he was put into MTK Global by Sandra Vaughan as their like uh,
0: ambassador. I think it was
1: the title was or ambassador something, or something. Like yeah, that. it was a very hefty title he had. Anyway. And that's when he first appeared. But his name is popping up on these um, these company, documents. Yeah, the company are-
0: registered. So you see, really, what the what the plan was, you know, um, in terms of embedding themselves in 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 Dubai, registering a certain amount of businesses, being able to show an income, um, and you know, the documents were very interesting. It was quite technical. A lot of it. Um, but one of the, the the contracts showed that they they they'd lodged these documents. They actually put forward a business plan, the Kinaans. Um mm. and it described through how the
1: Ducashu company.
0: Well, true, Hazium General Trading would and you know, this is what they said their legitimate business would this be. This is the company
1: we named two weeks ago as being Christy Kinahan Seniors linked to him.
0: Yes, and they would import the, the business plan was formerly there saying we'd import food from Brazil, Thailand. India, China, and East Africa, to Persian Gulf countries and beyond. And we also hope to eventually expand into the trading of edible oil, pasta, and even poultry. If we happen to line up potential leads, prospective clients, and profitable deals for these products. So you see, this is is it. They say we're going to incorporate the company with a physical office from the get-go, as we expect to employ a workforce of several seven employees so they really were planning to 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 become a part of of society to employ pe- local people to have um uh, you know to have citizens of the emirate mm. state to be involved in the company and that that, that was the strategy
1: mm. i just want to correct myself on something while we're on it um about Jasmine going back to the to, to the, the Emirati there that is named on a lot of those documents and was the global brand ambassador for MTK. It was MTK Global that described him at the time in his profile as a police academy graduate who'd been serving in the UAE government for 30 years. So as opposed to him being a policeman for 30 years, that's how he described himself. And I think that the uh, International Consortium of Journalists tried to reach him for a comment, but they couldn't get through to him. Um, so... You know, by and large, this story is continuing to unravel, isn't it? And, you know, the focus now largely is on, okay, what are they going to do? What are the Kinnahans going to do? We've touched on the wives and girlfriends who are more than likely going to either head for home or just bed down a bit. Um, But the actual guys at the the top of this organisation, they're on the run now. Five million dollar bounties on their heads for information um they'll regroup won't they and they will try and salvage what they can i think the boxing thing has just collapsed the big problem there of course it was the the money laundering machine
0: yeah i mean i think the 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 boxing was their their, their downfall ultimately i mean i don't think that i think that you know you can't uh, str- you know be a for daniel you can't be a leading boxing promoter and also a leading cartel uh, chief you know you have to be one or the you other have to <laughs> be one or the other and i think that brought the, the fo- some of the focus of the us authorities so they'll try and regroup there's going to be assets that are not uh you know f- frozen bank accounts in dubai does that mean that's freezing daniel's current account or does it mean freezing everything that could possibly uh, be linked to him i'd imagine it's more likely to be freezing a handful of bank accounts, to be honest.
1: Well, we've no detail on that either from the United Arab Emirates. So, I mean, their commitment to this entire takedown is still out there to be questioned. Yeah,
0: I mean, look, it could even be as simple as freezing their personal bank accounts. I mean, so they're going to have assets You could freeze (laughs) my savings account
1: and believe me, I would be you know, I would be unable to get out maybe a euro. Yeah, well, there you go. But um
0: so, yeah, so I would say they're going to try and have to move assets. So this is, it's just, it's, you know, the fact that they've been publicly named in the way they have, it's going to make it an awful lot more difficult. I mean, the idea now that they could reemerge in some other country and, and set themselves up as consultants and food importers and various other things, it's just not likely now. And I mean, it's amazing, actually, did hear there was, the rumours going around, they're going to Afghanistan. I mean, that that is what you're talking about, you know? I mean, I doubt they're going to Afghanistan personally, but, but it just shows you But at the
1: same time, they're not defeated, and I think that has to be completely remembered. I mean, this is part of a plan, a takedown plan. It's, it's a part, it's not the end. And they are not defeated, and they are there. They're being pushed into a corner. They're probably becoming more dangerous all the time as everything they have and have created is threatened. And is collapsing all around them. So I think that uh, the information will keep flooding in in relation to them. And um, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are making connections between the companies. And you know, many citizen journalists are working hard on that as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not going to end next week. You know, we're not mm-hmm. going to see uh, people on a plane back to Ireland. I think on uh, you know, in terms of the head, very head of the cartel.
1: Except but, maybe their ladies. Yeah. Niall Donald, thank you very much. Thanks very much, Nicola. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com, produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. If you like the podcast and love true crime, why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe.